20 square box. Blocks. Blocks. 20 square blocks. I'm Ben Plaza, and this is 20 Square Blocks. In 1996, following the closure of many psychiatric hospitals around the country, Ballarat's own asylum, the Lakeside Mental Hospital, closed its doors. Lakeside was home to many patients during this time, but also the staff. This is Irene Dennett. Oh, and it's my birthday today. I'm 83. And she was a psychiatric nurse at the hospital. And I'm Irene's daughter. And that's Jacinta Dennett, who grew up on the grounds. There was something like 29 wards, because I can remember riding around and... Mm seeing all the numbers mm-hmm. on the wards. Yeah. And they were quite large, really, weren't they? Oh, yeah. How many About people 50 would be? people. Yeah, mm. in each ward. Mm. Mm. And it was, I think it was, the setting was lovely because you had lots of space around the buildings. So there were lawns, there were gardens, and there was the tennis court, and there was that kind of community hub building with the kiosk. Yeah. And then, mm. you know, the farmland. Yeah, a lot of parkland. Mm. And that created a nice feeling in itself. Mm. It was a community within a community. I suppose my strongest memories of the actual place Mm. were the people that came through our back gate, bringing the various things that we had as part of our, probably as part of the living arrangements, um, uh, the vegetables that were grown there on the garden we were delivered to our place. I don't know if it was weekly or... Weekly. Mm. Yeah, and um, the man uh, that delivered them, he brought them in in a big wheelbarrow and his name was Oscar. And Oscar would um, say to us each time he brought the vegetables, are you a little girl or a little boy? And we'd get really frustrated. (laughs) One that he didn't remember and, um, well, two that just he had to ask us. Um, I'm saying we as in my sister and brothers. And one of those brothers is Adrian Dennett. He is also a psychiatric nurse. Growing up in Gilly Street, it was, I think it was a four-lane road back then when I was a kid. If it wasn't, it was a very busy road and it was a sort of a prime location for people that were feeling, uh, had like uh, suicidal ideation to sort of try their luck out and sort of try and jump in front of a vehicle and it seemed to be more often than not when I was growing up there'd be there'd be some sort of uh, fatality it was just because it was a, a busy road between the hospital grounds and the the Lake Wendery area and the gardens. Are they from Lakeside we're talking? Mainly patients like it was a busy place the hospital I think had like thousands of patients There'd be people trying to cross the road and it's just like any busy place and there's no crossing at night and no crossing during the day, I don't think. It, it was on Gilly Street itself? Yeah. So hang on, how Gilly Street, so how is it called Lakeside? Was it, it wasn't on the lake? It was within sight of the lake. You could see the lake. If you're in a tower? No, no, you could see, <laughs> so our place, you could see the lake from our front room. Right. Yeah. So you've got to think of it like a university campus today. So something very similar to size and scale of, say, the Federation University, I think it is now. So it's spread out over a big area. That's what I remember. And so you, you grew up there? So I grew up there. I was, I was there till sort of, I was about, I think about 12 years old. 
Okay, yeah. not as a patient? Never as a patient. <laughs> so yeah. was there any sort of stigma growing up in a mental hospital? Is that well, the right term for it, mental hospital? They called it a mental hospital. Yeah, they then, called sure. it a, uh, an asylum. They called it the loony bin. Yes. It got all sorts of names. And I did feel that stigma as a kid growing up. And one of the big things was it was very difficult to to phone my my house. You had to ring the hospital and then get put through to an extension number to that the house that I lived in. Even though the house was like a typical suburban house, over the back fence was a, a massive mental hospital. So... Um, so you didn't feel special having that extension for me. For me as a kid, I was felt awkward, and I, I think it it was a uh, impacted my phone use for most of my life. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it was yeah, it was a frustrating process. I remember the stigma of living in a mental hospital, like at school. I remember that. You know, you, if you had a birthday party, and then they ask where you live, and you say, "Oh, I live at, on Gilly Street, you know, Lakeside Hospital." They go. That's a mental place. Like that's what that's the loony bin. Or um, also, uh, I, I was just remembering today how we had an extension, and I thought that was quite you know fancy that people couldn't get get us directly, but had to go through the switchboard. And um, we also had the milk delivered. Mm-hmm. No, we kept them in big jars in the fridge. In big um, preserving jars. And they had so, dairy cattle yeah, and beef dairy, cattle? Dairy and um, pigs. And we had, didn't have any restrictions on water supply in a drought. We could use as much water as we liked. And we got the phone free, the house rent free, power free. But then um, everything changed and they started to um, charge rent. Mm. So we thought, well, it's time to go. And um, my husband won Tatslotto and were able to buy a house. Yeah. Well, that's pretty good. Uh, he and another uh, workmate uh, won 160000 So we had 80000 to buy a house, and that's what this cost. <laughs> what was his name? My husband. Yeah. David. David Dennett. Yeah. And uh, where did you meet him? He worked in the office and I worked in the wards. And one day I had to take some information down to him and um, we clicked. (laughs) Right, and uh, do you you remember what the information was? (laughs) Something about a patient, yeah. So I can't remember what it was. I would uh, ride my bike across the ground, across the farm, across the paddock, past the morgue, past the tennis courts, and then up to the uh, the little kiosk. And there was always there always seemed to be old women there. I do remember a lot of people walking around urinating <laughs> around around the grounds and thinking nothing of it. Oh yeah, that's just another invasion. Or they got their pants down and they're just wandering around. But yeah, it was an unusual place. Um, I certainly enjoyed it, and like it was, we had free reign. Like we could, like I met my dad was an admin, so everyone knew who I was when I was there. And people would say, "Oh, g'day, Adrian, how you doing?" And um, I think, "Who the hell are you?" And in a in a, a 
massive sort of mental health facility, I still was sort of under the watch of all these other people that were colleagues of my father or, or people that knew my, my mum who worked there as well. It was very safe. Well, I don't know. I, I think if I was thinking of it, if the same situation today, I, I don't know whether I'd think it was, was that safe because, but I don't know, my parents didn't have too much trouble with me riding around. So, Do you think it's unusual that you went into the same sort of field that your parents were in and grandparents possibly even in yeah. some areas. It's, it's really interesting you say that because I often think, like it certainly wasn't probably a direction where I would see myself going, but I've been with it for so long now. I, I, I can't deny that it's been a significant part of my life. But I th- really find it odd that, yeah, perhaps um, it goes back quite a few generations of mental health sort of care um, in our family. Um, yeah, it is, it is unusual and I often make the joke in where I currently work that my family have a long psychiatric history. Nice. <laughs> um, I think you sort of see it, initially you sort of see it like you're, help, you're caring, helping, helping people and you sort of see it um, as, as more than just a, a something you're doing for money but something you're doing for like the, the human quality of it as well. Okay, now I've seen some pictures and there seems to be a lot of buildings. A lot of buildings, yeah. Yeah, mm. and they tore them down? Knocked them all over. Not all of them, but There's most one, of them. Uh, the male nurse's home is still there, but the uh, female nurse's home was knocked over. They were all knocked over. Were they in disrepair? No, no. <laughs> they were knocked over to make way, to make the well, place vacant. Gardens. To make it... <laughs> to build, build uh, houses. Well, there aren't that many more institutions. Do you think that was a better system than what's happening now? Well, what are we doing now? Nothing. They're in the streets. I think they should be in, in uh, hospitals like they were. Shouldn't have closed. Anyway. Okay, so why do you think it should never have closed? Well, it served a purpose. All these mentally ill people roaming the streets on drugs (laughs) and have you noticed a change in the community as in uh, are there a lot of mentally ill people now on the streets well i can only only say about the young kids of today that they're into this um what do you call this (laughs) the drugs ice ice (laughs) yes well well they they should be um admitted to a mental hospital. So do you think the old system, and I know you didn't work in it, but do you yep. think the old system from what you sort of gathered from, from your family, do you think it was better or not? I think it was better for some people and I think it was worse for, for some people. Um, overall, I think probably... Yeah, the thing, what, what has changed though is a lot of the medications have improved and now you're getting sort of more effective medications that people can sort of be quite active and valuable in the community so they can go back to work and they get go and do things and where those medications just weren't available back in, back in the day. Where would you like to see change? Uh, I'd like to see an antidote for, um, for, for methamphetamines. <laughs> Um, a drug called ice or crystal methamphetamine. 
think that's a significant sort of issue. Um, I'd describe it as sort of like throwing throwing fuel on a on a bushfire sort of thing. So if you've got a fire, the last thing you're going to throw on it is flammable liquid. So if you've got a mental health issue and you you start using ice, it's it's exactly the same. It just it just makes things everything a hundred thousand times worse. Okay, that's probably the biggest challenge for for people working in mental health at the moment. Thanks to Irene Jacinta and Adrian Dennett. Music by Ryan Goodwin. Check out his other work at virtuallyryan.com. Additional material written by Anne Murison. Our logo is designed by Chris Frith. Editing by Ricky Cheno. And thanks to H-Studios for letting us use their studios. I'm Ben Plaza, and this is 20 Square Blocks. <laughs>